0: Hi, guys, welcome to the ace podcast. Before we dive straight in, uh, ensure that you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button as well. Turn on notifications so you get regular updates of my newest videos as well. Also, join us on Instagram at the invisible path. So let's dive into fan questions. And the first question we have today is how can people find their purpose in life? So how can people find their purpose in life? One of the first things that comes to mind when I look at this question is the importance of presence. I personally believe that every single person has natural aptitudes and abilities inherent within them already genetically and so on and so forth and also based on their natural experiences as they grow. So they're what's important as well is for people to fall into their strengths you know sadly a lot of people they want to feel like they're perfect and they they try and it's important to work on your weaknesses don't get me wrong and we all have weaknesses but even more importantly it's it's significant to identify your strengths whether it be communication skills charisma whether it be your presence, your energy, whether it be your positivity, your vision, whether it be, I don't know, your ability to pay attention to minute details or your ability to see the larger picture, whether it be your ability to work brilliantly independently or your your IT skills or your ability to present, whatever it is, everyone's got different skills. It's important to know what your skills are and to essentially put even more energy and time into furthering those existing skills because those are the skills that will make the difference for you we do not have to be perfect at this and that and so on and so forth uh, if you've got one or two outstanding skills uh, then that can get you really far as it relates to like your career uh, your business and or what have you um so how can people find their purpose i mentioned the importance of presence i personally believe that to if you're someone who's stuck, you don't know what, whether you, if you kind of have that internal conflict, you don't know whether to stay in your existing job or find a new job or go into a different profession or launch a new business or create new products and services, whatever it is that you've been deliberating potentially. Um, I personally believe that presence will really enable you to overcome any obstacles. And what I mean by presence is the, the absence of the ego. So, again, as always, guys, if you're new here, uh, by ego, I'm not necessarily referring to your your like being materialistic, you know just thinking about looking good, your reputation. yes that's part of the ego, especially the extreme degree of the ego but I'm also generally referring to one's narrative. Essentially, I'm referring to your past because your past experiences, your memories are, you know, the end product of each memorable experience is an emotion. So your key emotions experienced in life, the key um, memories in your life that have branded you emotionally as um, essentially ascertained what you're going to become, what kind of personality traits you will develop. Um, and this is really important. And if you're constantly reminding yourself of these memories, what you've experienced, who you are, who let you down, why you can do this, why you can't do that, and all this sort of, of, of package, if you will, of, of who you believe you are, this stored memory within your unconscious now, um, because it's been repeated over time, like you will, will continue to repeat the same kind of uh, behaviours. You will continue to think the same kind of thoughts. You will continue to get the same kind of results and so on and so forth. And thus, you're not going to be able to make any significant uh, shift in your life if you're constantly reminding yourself of who you are. If you're seeing the same people every day, if you're waking up to the same kind of environments every day, if you're doing the same kind of things in the same kind of ways, and that's just going to further your existing identity. And it's very hard for you to, to make a massive leap or change in your life if you are really stuck within the confinements of your ego, which means you're staying in your comfort zone. You don't want to branch out into the unknown. You're fearful and all these sorts of things. So the key thing here is presence is the opposite of egoic tension. Okay, Presence is the opposite. So by presence, it's very simple. And this is why I'm really, really high on advocating meditation, all these kind of dynamic meditations as well not just the type of med- meditations to just be present but also to, to really make those changes to your subconscious programs and your belief systems and so on but I digress slightly so presence is important because I believe the more present someone is the more they are present in what they're doing even if it's to pay attention to what's happening in their environment rather than being just running the same kind of patterns uh, within the internal worlds. if it's being present when someone's actually talking with you rather than going off in your own mind about what you need to do later. These are some examples of what I mean by being present in your life. If you're actually reflecting upon your behaviours, what kind of results they'd be getting you now in your life or in your relationships or, or in your friendship groups or whatever it is that you're in, you're focusing on, your health and so on, the more present you are, the more you self-reflect, the more you identify your patterns, the easier it is going to be for you to change in your life, and and find your purpose. If you are someone who's been struggling with their purpose in life, so um, that's one way in which you can identify uh, your purpose in life. Another challenge that a lot of people find themselves in is that they have contradictory or incongruent goals slash purposes in their life, and they don't they don't they don't meet. They aren't aligned, if you will. So let me give you some examples. If one's purpose is to, I don't know, become a boxer, right? And their other purpose in life is to, um, you know, teach people about how to have a, a a fully functioning brain, how to improve cognitive function. Well, there's a, there's internal obvious internal conflict there. One causes brain damage, uh, and one the other career path or or hobby is about teaching people how to have a healthy, uh, live a healthy lifestyle. You know, with with lack of brain damage and so on and so forth. Best example I could come up with. <laughs> um, but th- th- when that internal conflict exists, it's very hard for you to make massive strides in one of those areas because they're constantly competing for your attention, your focus, your life force. yeah, Your state of being is constantly your, your thoughts and your emotions here are constantly jumping from one thing to the next. It's like the person who wants to live a healthy life that yet they smoke a lot of cigarettes throughout the day. They don't mesh. It's like the person who wants to exercise often but they limit their sleep to just four hours per night because they wanna do so many things. Like It's incongruent what's happening here. So the key thing I advocate is knowing what your overall purpose in life is, whether it be wealth creation, uh, whether it be family, whether it be your health, whatever's important to you, it's important that your other sub goals are kind of aligned to it in in one facet or another, okay? Um, And that's what's going to help you to really teach your servo mechanism, your unconscious here, to kind of aim at the right target, if that makes sense. Because if the example that I gave earlier of the person who wants to be a boxer yet teach people how to live a healthy and, and have a healthy lifestyle and all these sorts of things, the challenge is if your unconscious that is, is directed in this avenue, yet you also want to dabble here, then it's going to negatively affect your success in both of those avenues and probably you won't kind of achieve as much as you'd like to in either of those aspects because of the, the, the lack of coherence and the fact that your energy is going here and there. And when there's growing tension, essentially what I'm saying is when there's conflict in terms of what you wanna do, where you wanna go, where you wanna channel your energy, that's going to create a lot of negative energy in in and of itself. And that negative energy is very draining, it fatigues us, it it harms ourselves, it produces more free radicals within the body, uh, which is damaging to our DNA at a cellular level here and then the body starts to degrade, break down, stress hormones take over, release within the adrenal glands and and it starts to really, really uh, affect our energy levels, our ability to focus, it takes away our, our mental clarity, we have mental chaos, we can't think straight, we start making more mistakes and that's what I mean by negative energy affecting the positive outcomes that you want, but we'll leave that one there. Uh, We'll go on to our next question, and that is, um, how can you improve uh, your memory? Um, Well, sleep is one of the first things that comes to mind here. Not just sleep. So say you've been studying something for an exam or what have you. So you've been studying. It's not just significant to have great sleep that following evening. Uh, is that is crucial because that's, that's what consolidates your learning. But it's also a prerequisite to have a great night's sleep the night before because that sets you up to have the energy to genuinely focus on whatever it is that you're going to learn. The more focused and, and concentrated you are on a particular thing, the more likely you are to ingrain it, to remember it, okay? And if you aren't sleeping well, where well, you're not transferring that short-term knowledge into your long-term memory, you're not repairing, restoring, you're not getting that regenerative deep sleep that's going to make the difference here to help you with your, your memory. What else can improve your memory? Obviously supplementation can, can really help. I'm a big fan of turmeric, which is fantastic for preventing uh, or, or delaying uh, brain-related uh, illnesses or inflammation. Massive fan of fish oils, krill oils, DHA, uh, because that's you know a large portion of our brain uh, consists of DHA omega-3 fatty acids the same for the retina in our eyes as well so that's why DHA I mean you can get it you, your body doesn't produce it you have to get it in through food or supplementation so seafood <clears throat> salmon these kind of foods are, 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 are fantastic for supporting brain health just not too much because the heavy metals and so on and so forth it can, it can be quite a uh, hazardous if you overdo Uh, your fish intake. But yeah, fish oils, krill oils, DHA, amazing for the brain, amazing for our, and and whatever's great for the brain is also great for the heart. You look after those key organs here, the the better you're going to do. In terms of your level of coherence, the energy, what you attract, what you move toward, and so on and so forth. So how can you improve your memory? Um, Positivity. People learn better when they are happy. It's it's proven scientifically here that if you are depressed, it doesn't matter how intelligent you are, your intelligence will degrade because it produces oxidative stress and it ruins the quality and 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 the ruins the structure of our neurons and our neural connections. Depression is one of the worst things we can do for our brain and and our intelligence exercise supports intelligence it supports alertness as well so exercising also promotes quality sleep as well as improving your metabolic rate as and so on so increasing your energy levels and um, so these are you know exercising consistently is great for brain health sleeping well having a deep so quantity and quality sleep will help supplementation dha fish oils, turmeric um I'm a massive fan of, of green tea, especially maca green tea, the powder form, fantastic for your brain as well. Um, keep hydrated, you know, a lack of hydration does negatively affect your cognitive abilities, your ability to to memorize material, how to improve your memory. You need to re- revise, you know, if you learn something right now, say if you learn something from this podcast, right? And you didn't revisit really this type of information. You can forget up to eighty percent of what you had just listened to within just forty-eight hours. Within just two days, you can forget most of the information that you had been learning, um, and that's just how the brain works. Because we've got, you know, this computer that we have up here is is absolutely amazing. But if we're not constantly feeding it, it repetition is what leads to subconscious programs. Repetition creates habits and patterns. Um, And it's just the way it is. I mean, don't get me wrong, genuine experience helps to ingrain processes, ideas, information more deeply within our unconscious uh, parts of our brain, if you will, our reptilian brain and our limbic brain, our emotional brain, chemical brain, whatever you want to call it, okay? So um, revisit what it is that you have learned. So you can learn through knowledge, through reading, through listening to things, through watching things, you can learn that. Uh, but it's far more effective if you genuinely physically kinesthetically experience these things yourself so rather than learning about oh exercise can be good for your energy levels yes good for you well done for learning it but it's far more effective if you were genuinely were to run or swim or lift weights or do a HIIT workout whatever it is check out those videos on the youtube channel as well they will do wonders for you um so yeah these are some of the ways in which you can significantly affect and improve your memory abstain from anything that inhibits your neural function so anything that promotes oxidative stress or any type of stress for that matter so personal stress in terms of what you've experienced lamenting something grief emotional turmoil can really inhibit your uh, your existing neural connections and and remove those neural synaptical connections and harm your cells and your uh, impair the quality of your uh, cognitive function as well so yeah, what else can inhibit uh, neural functioning? And um, you've got things like excessive exercise, overtraining can do that, a poor sleep can Im- uh, ruin the quality of your brain function, your memory. Um, not looking after yourself, so a lack of activity, a lack of exercise, depression, high stress, definitely are, it, these things are awful for our memory, for our brain functioning. Um, these are just some of the, very, you know, a diet high in sugars, are disastrous for the brain, the body, heart health, and so on and so forth. So, eat natural, organic foods where you can. Choose the healthier options instead of, you know, simple sugars. You know, you can get those sugars through other means. So, stevia, plant-based sugars can give you that kind of sweetness. You can put it in your drinks and so on and so forth. Uh, get some healthy fats in your system as well. Brilliant for your brain health, like uh, olive oil, coconut oil. Uh, MCTs, medium chain triglycerides, fantastic for energy levels and uh, your brain functioning. a L carnitine, really good for your brain functioning too. Um, so BCAAs are a good for your brain uh, and your energy levels, your mood, and so on and so forth. So you look into that as well. um What else can uh, inhibit your negative relationships? Can uh, inhibit your your memory, your ability to, to focus and stay remain focused to uh, ingrain what it is that you've been learning into your unconscious. So yeah, I've, I've given you dozens here. Experience. Make sure you're sleeping well. Happiness, positivity, laughing. You know these um, successful businesses now across the world. I believe they it, it began in in China in one of the businesses. They sit around together and they fake or false laugh because if you do a fake laugh. <laughs> if you keep doing that, especially with others, it's only a matter of time before you start laughing at them and laughing at yourself. Then it becomes a real laugh. And laughing itself is fantastic. It's a universal trait. When you smile or when you laugh, your brain, your unconscious, your body, representing your unconscious here, Cannot tell the difference between something that's real and something that's been vividly imagined. So when even if you're fake laughing, it will turn into real laughter. Your unconscious will feel that things are fine. It will turn on your parasympathetic nervous system. You'll be able to relax more, absorb information better, rather than having the 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 fight or flight response, the sympathetic nervous system switched on, which triggers you, makes you more alert but fearful, and um, that is is not good um, to be experienced, especially. Uh, throughout the day and that's what chronic stress is people turn on the sympathetic nervous system and they find it really difficult to switch that off for most of the day and it inhibits the quality of their sleep as well causing sleep problems because of uh, too much stress too much worrying too much egoic energy we'll call it um, okay let's move on to the next question Um, here we go Um, is the ego always a bad thing? Certainly not. Definitely not. Now, and in my book, I write about this as as well. By the ego, I'm referring to the past. And a lot of people use their past to determine what they're going to achieve in their future. So they say, for example, I don't know, can I make five million pounds this year? That's what someone will think they think remember maybe if I do this business make these investments blah 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 work improve these connections blah 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 they'll have those positive thoughts from them but then the ego will set in well remember when you started that business remember when you tried building that team remember you went for that promotion you didn't get it and that now you start making references to your past and you're using your past and the emotions that wrap around these experience to project yourself into the future and then you think you know what maybe i won't be able to make that five million pounds maybe i won't be able to start that business maybe because you're using the past to define what's going to happen in your future these are the problems of using our i am's our beliefs essentially because when you're saying i am something you are commanding yourself into a destiny you are not only just limiting yourself in the immediate experience by saying you know i am clumsy i am incapable i will never be rich or whatever these thoughts may be um, you are not just saying that that's the way things are now, but you are also projecting to yourself and presupposing that that's the way it's going to be from now on, because people struggle to change things that they connect with at an identity level, even if they're negative things. I know it sounds absurd, but we're human beings. It's, it's natural to us to an extent. Um, we do things because of familiarity, because of comfort, because of our genetic programming, what we've inherited mentally, emotionally and physically from our ancestors, especially our parents and grandparents and so on and so forth. And we take on board some of their main ways of living. If we don't experience new novel things throughout our lives and we keep doing the same sort of thing each day, then we're going to essentially be more like our parents. That can be good or it can be bad, depending on you know how we were born and what we were born into and so on and so forth. Anyway, I digress slightly. Um, So is the ego always a bad thing? Right, I didn't finish my point. So the past, referring to the past and therefore egoic energy, egoic focus, if we want to call it that, most of the time it can be disastrous. It can be detrimental to our health, our focus, our abilities, our belief systems and so on and so forth. The only time our ego can support us is essentially if we're going back into our memory systems and if we are using just the wisdom the learnings the teaching from experience and using that to define what we do now for example if you're driving and you want to go to this place before and you think oh actually i I," and you were lost for example and you thought you know what i actually about five years ago i don't know why i'm keep saying five five million five years ago favorite number what can i say Imagine saying, you know, five years ago, I did drive around this kind of area. Oh yeah, I remember that place. I remember that landmark. Yeah, yeah, maybe I do know where I am. That's a positive use of the ego. That's a positive use of past information and your and past experiences because you're using the past to support you with the present situation. That's fantastic. That is great. Really useful stuff. Now. If that's what you did with that driving experience, then good for you. You are taking the learnings, the teachings from a past experience, and you're using that to support you. That's wisdom. That's intelligence. Sadly, what many, many people do is um, throughout the day, they're using their past experience, but they're taking, they're focusing on the emotional experiences from those circumstances, and they're using that, they're bringing that to the table, the forefront of their focus, and so on and so forth. So say if that when I went for that drive five years ago, something really bad happened. Maybe uh, there, there was an incident, an accident, maybe uh, a driver was being really rude to me and someone and so forth. And say if I was thinking about, you know, where, where do I go from here? Have I've been around this area before and I had the memory and say, if I were to think about how awful those drivers were, well, that's not supportive to me right now, is it? That's not helping me get from A to B. I've lost in where I need to go. I need some support as to how to drive, where to get to. This is a metaphor as well as an example here. And um, if I'm using the negative experience, bringing the emotional negative energy from within that experience to the present moment, that's not helpful. That's just making me more emotional, more dramatic, more egoic, more fearful, more concerned, more worried, more frustrated, whatever it is, whatever survival-based emotion you wanna bring to the table. Um, and that's not helping us in the here and now. now give me, let me give you a couple more experiences. For example, if you've gotten into a relationship with someone and um, and you feel things are going well and then you think, oh, we, it's our six month, we've been together anniversary, we've been together for half a year, wonderful. And you are thinking, oh, but you know, when I had the six month anniversary with my ex-partner, That was a really difficult time for us we started to have more disagreements and so on and so forth and there were more tensions and we weren't flowing and communicating well anymore that was a tough time and if you're using the the negatives from within that past experience that past relationship and you're bringing that well what's that going to do to your existing relationship it's going to dampen the quality of this new relationship but however, if you are thinking back about how things were with your ex, and you're "Oh, that was a mistake we made before. We started to quibble about this or that, and really, it was really um, immature what caused our arguments." Then you're like, "You know, what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to actually just focus on being present with my partner, having a good time, one uh, one date or social occasion together at a time. Uh, you know, I'm not going to focus on the problems and this and that." Well, that's using the past to be supportive, isn't it? And that's exactly what we're after here. Um, So the ego is not always a bad thing, now that we've clarified that, um, I will spend a couple of minutes explaining how the ego can be more detrimental to us, how it can negatively affect where we want to go Uh, and that's why I teach my dynamic meditations because we need to visualise, this is what leaders do right, not just in the business world but we are all leaders in our own worlds. Do you know what I mean? No one else is within our internal systems. It's just us, so we have to govern our energy, self-regulate our uh, emotional systems, if we, our belief system. It's down to us to to choose what we want to focus on. Now, and that, and that's key. We are all responsible, but. Leaders have a vision for where they want to go, and if you are always focused on where you want to go, you will get there. In my estimations, it's just a matter of time. No matter what project or, or or challenge that you think that lays ahead of you, if you are, if you have a vision, if you know where you want to go, if you've got, if you've got in mind how it will look, and if it's measurable, what would it look like? If it's to lose twenty pounds of body fat, great, that's measurable. You know. You you can see on the weight scales what you need to lose in order to make that happen. You can also see physically when you look in the mirror, oh, I am losing weight, for example. Yeah, it's very measurable. Um, If you are imagining... Um, You know, the kind of lifestyle you want to live, you know, how you want to how you want to feel, what kind of relationship you want to have, you know, what kind of investments or finances or where you want to live. If you want to live somewhere very open or spacious or more urban and, 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 and full of people and energy and communication, whatever it is, you need to vividly imagine it happening because your own unconscious cannot tell the difference between what has genuinely happened in real life and also what you have just vividly imagined in detail. Okay, for example, I know a lot of people who, um, who tell me, you know, when I have dreams, I wake up and I feel as though the dream actually happened and I start treating people like that dream happened. I don't know if you watch Friends and, and, and Phoebe does that in Friends as well. It was with Ross, that's it. Again, I'm old guys, what can I say? Uh, and Phoebe starts to treat Ross unfairly and Ross can't quite understand why are you being mean to me? And then Phoebe realized, oh yeah, it was a dream. You were bad to me in my dream. And Ross is like, well, why are you treating me bad now? I mean, I know it's funny, but uh, this is how people live as well. If you vividly imagine something's happened, it changes your energy, it changes your state of being, your thoughts, your feelings, your energy levels, your mood, it affects uh, your state of being essentially. And and, and that's, what, that's what people do. So this is why it's so important to envision the life you want to be grateful for what you have and what you believe you are manifesting and attracting into your life. Yeah, the secret essentially. This is it. you can keep focused. If you keep moving forward, you're going to keep making better and wiser choices. You're going to build momentum. You're going to have more physical and mental energy and mental clarity to, to keep moving forward. But if you are imagining worst case scenarios, living within your ego, limiting yourself, uh, staying within your comfort zone because you're fearful about this or that, well, you're going to keep manifesting the same type of things and you're going to keep getting the same kind of results. And then you're not going to progress. And when you don't progress, you, you descend, you start repeating uh, the experiences. You, you feel as though you are not progressing and you therefore have the same types of thoughts, the same types of feelings. You repeat the same kind of emotions and behaviors and you can make the same type of choices and decisions and nothing changes and our body weakens when we do the same sort of things each day. Because the proteins that our, our, our genes produce we, they become weaker and weaker if we keep releasing the same neurochemicals and chemicals throughout the body, peptides throughout the body, and affecting our cells and affecting our hormones as well. If we keep doing the same, that same cycle. The body weakens, cells weaken. It. We need newness, we need new energy, new life. We need a level of variety in our lives to stimulate—not just our brains, but to stimulate our bodies, to change our experiences and our beliefs about what we can and can't do, to change our moods, yeah, and, and thus our perceptions, and thus what we look for in the environment. Yeah, it's like if you're if you're looking at something bad happening, well, you're going to steer more towards it, aren't you? So that's why it's so important to have a vision for yourself and to vividly imagine it through your eyes, from your perspective, seeing it in vivid colour, zooming on the details, make whatever sound effects or dialogue that's happening in that experience in your imagination, make it loud and clear and see it in HD resolution and, and this is how we begin to Teach the mind and body that this is what our life is going to be like from now on. And then you start to behave, your behaviours change. Now you start behaving more confidently, more openly, more relaxed. Um, and, and, and this is the key. This is the key to change and to stay focused on your path. And this is why many people do not achieve the kind of lifestyle that they want to achieve. This is why most people spend the majority of their lives, 70% of their entire lives, living within chronic stress because they are... they're they're steering themselves into the wrong direction and they may or may not even know what they're doing. And that's the challenge that we have here, but I'm gonna move on now. Uh, I hope I answered your question. Question four is how can I overcome internal conflict? All right, I've got something nice for you here, nice activity. Okay, internal conflict simply means, I referred to it earlier, Internal conflict means that there are two things that you want to achieve and you believe, this is, pay attention, that you believe that they are contradictory and that's what's causing you the problem. For example, um, what kind of internal conflict can we give as it relates to uh, health or our uh, relationships? All right, let's go with the relationship route. So let's say that you are currently single and you don't know what you want in your life, okay? you may have internal conflict you're like I want to find a partner someone who genuinely loves me and cares about me and, and, and I want to build a future with them and simultaneously you might have but I want my own lifestyle I want to still see my friends or family or I want to still pursue my career or business or you know I'm, I'm quite relaxed and, and, and or happy single as well there's the issue you've got two polar op- seemingly polar opposites and that's what's causing the issue. Now, what you need to do is what I call chunk up. In NLP, we we'll call it chunking up. What you need to do is chunk up here. So, what do I mean by chunking up? Well, why do you, why do you, why does this person want to be single? Because they want freedom, right? So, we've chunked up at least once. They want freedom. This person over here, the person who wants to find an ideal per- person, what do, what do they want? They want connection. Okay, they want connection. Uh, Let's see if we can chunk those up. So what's the level above freedom? So this person here, they were single. They wanted freedom. Well, they wanted freedom also so that they could spend time with friends and family and loved ones and pursue their passions and make great progress. So they want, what do they want? They want better connections. See, we've already made that connection. This person wants more connection on the right-hand side than this person on the left-hand side. They also want connection, but via different methods, right? But the principle is the same. Connection is what they want. So they want to feel more connected to people. They want to feel loved. They want to have more stability in their lives or connection or communication in their lives, whatever it is, right? So can you see how those two are now similar? They're now on the same level. So they used to think this person may have thought before quite disparate things. They might have thought that um, these two choices were completely opposite and different, but in fact, they're leading to the same Thing, deeper connection, more loving emotions. We could have gone down that route as well. Why do you want to see your friends and family more or your your, your colleagues more or focus on this or that more? Well, you want more energy. You want to be happier, right? Same per- same thing over here on the right hand side. Why does this person want to uh, get married, fall in love, ha- start a family and what have you? Well, they want uh, to be happy. They want more connection. They want better quality emotions. Do, do you know what I mean? They want to feel like they are giving more to people. And there's another connection that someone could make. On the left hand side, again, someone being single, they want to give more. They want to give more to their business, to their friends, to their family, blah, 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 blah. And then you've got this person here. What do they want? Well, they want to give more as well. They want to have maybe children or, or have a great relationship with a romantic partner, and they want to give as well to others. So really, it's the same thing that they're looking for here. So, And then really, at this point, what you'd need to do is you're going to need to choose the path of least resistance, if you want, if we can put it that way. So you're going to want to think, okay, so now I know that they're achieving the same kind of our overall outcome, better emotions, happiness, connection, love, and so on and so forth. We know that they both give us this ultimately. Now it's time to not just choose one and say no to the other side it's not going to work like that it's not so black and white like that okay but they're going to need to think okay so which choice will enable me to enjoy as much of both sides as i can in this instance you can do it this way and they will probably think well if i did uh, have a family have children and so on and so forth i could still enjoy this other side of my life but but and there's the key word there But on the left hand side, if I were to remain single, then I wouldn't have the additional people in my life, such as the children or the partner and so on and so forth. And there you've got it. So the goal for this person, their internal conflict might be and they might need to change uh, their unconscious processes and what they are unconsciously moving to in their lives. They would need to think, okay. So now I've decided I do want to meet the love of my life. I do want to have a family and so on and so forth. And I will also be able to see my friends, see my family and this and that and still work on my passions and so on and so forth. And now the decision has been made. Okay. Let's see if I can give you another analogy because this is so important guys and a lot of people don't see it this way because they see conflict, they see drama, they see stress, they can't can't make the connections quite as easily. So let's chunk a completely different example. Let's go with health again. So what's an internal conflict someone would have as it relates to their health? Okay, someone wants to uh, lose body fat, okay? They want to lose body fat so they want to exercise more, they want to eat healthily. And then over on this side, you've got someone who, um, wants to, I don't know, they want to focus on their career. They want to focus on income because they know if they make a lot of money, then they're going to live more abundantly. They can buy better quality foods and so, and so on. And they don't have to be as stressed out because they're not as worried about their finances. Okay. That's a, that's a genuine uh, challenge that many, many people have in their lives. So now let's chunk that chunk that up again so this person wants to exercise every day they want to eat healthily every day they want to have a more more disciplined lifestyle for example as it relates to their health why are they doing this so they can have more energy right they're doing this so they can have more energy and live longer got it excellent what about on this side this person here wants to focus on their career wants to make more money why are they doing that? Well, they're also doing it so that they can have more energy, so that they can have more freedom, so that they can live longer. Because, you know, they probably think, you know, if I have more finances, I can live longer, I can spend more, I can go on more holidays, you know, I don't have to live in survival mode um, because I'm making money and so on and so forth. And See how you've just chunked it up and now you can see, oh, they're achieving the same kind of outcome. And, and, and this is what's really important here. And once you can make that connection, you're like, oh, they both choices that seem really disparate and different, they're actually much more closely aligned in terms of the goals and the, the consequences or side effects from both sides. Wow, I didn't quite notice that before. And now you can make a well-informed decision of, of whether you want to be more focused on your career and money or whether you want to be more focused on your, your, your physical and mental health perhaps. And that's when you can make the decision. I'm not here to make that decision for anyone. Everyone's different. Everyone has different priorities and purposes. But that's how you make the link. You 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 show how they are connected in ways, and then you can make a more well-informed, less emotional choice because you know that both sides give you the same benefits, just in different ways. All right. I'm happy with those examples. Um, let me know. Drop. Let me drop a question into the group chat, guys. Uh, comment below. Let me know um, any questions that you have and I'll be sure to answer it as soon as I can. Next question. Why do I feel guilty whenever I do something for myself? Okay. Um, For this question, a bit bit more detail would be useful. What what do you mean by doing something for yourself? Because, I mean, you can do something for yourself when you eat food. You can do something for yourself when you have a shower or a bath. You can do something for yourself by watching a video. So, I would need to know what the very thing is that's making you feel like you're doing something for yourself, and then I'd also want you to tell me that very specific activity. All right, let's let's let me make one up for you. Um, if you're doing something for yourself, and by that you mean, um, you mean. I don't know. What should we come up with? Why do I feel guilty whenever I do something? Okay. Say you go to the gym two hours in the morning and um, you feel guilty because you are leaving your spouse and your children behind. Okay. So say you feel guilty. And what I'll get you to do is now you've identified what activity happens that makes you feel guilty. You now need to go a level above and now you need to link the environment, the surroundings, those emotional triggers and those emotional cues to what creates that influx of negative thought, think, thoughts and feelings and so on and so forth. So I would then get you to say, when do you feel guilty when you do this thing for yourself? And you would probably say to me, I'm making this up. You will probably say to me, well, when I drive or walk to the gym that's when I start to feel guilty, like I'm being a bad person, like I'm not being as family oriented as I could be, like I'm focusing too much on myself and not enough on the family, for example. Um, And now i would say, okay, so now there are certain triggers. Maybe it's getting in the car, not just getting in the car and driving to a certain destination, but the time of which you do it. Because your brain becomes wired to look for social cues or cues in the environment to trigger a new, a wave, a pattern of thinking and feeling. And those two things oscillate, they go back and forth. There's a feedback loop between your thoughts affecting your feelings and your feelings influencing your thoughts. And it leads to higher energy uh, and, and therefore more emotion, if you will. And that's what drives your behaviors thereafter. Um, so you would need to pay attention to the times when you feel guilty The environment where you physically are when you feel guilty and um and you also need to it's a change in your perspective that's necessary because one person might feel guilty by going to the gym um for a couple of hours in the morning when they could have spent time with their family for example but then you can see that from a completely different perspective, can't you? You could think to yourself, well, if I didn't go to the gym and I didn't exercise and release those endorphins and improve my metabolism and lose that weight and or socialize with the people at the gym and feel good about myself, if I didn't do those things for myself, then I'd be a worse mother or father because I'd carry negative energy with me. I wouldn't be as energetic, I'd be more tired, I'd be less active, I'd be more frustrated, Uh, impatient, I'll take it out on my family in different ways, whether knowingly or unknowingly. So you've got two completely different perspectives, don't you? You've got the person who feels guilty, such as you, maybe not in this example, but you're feeling guilty from an example where other people would see that experience and say, oh, that makes me a happier, healthier, more energized and positive person. And, And the emotional carryover into my family life is fantastic because I then go home and for the rest of the day, I'm more bouncing, I'm more positive, I'm more helpful, I'm more supportive, I have better quality communication because I looked after myself a little bit as well. So it all comes down to your perspective. So that's why you feel guilty. I gave a good example there, to be fair. But um, let's see if I can answer your question even more. Why do I feel guilty? Again, it's all to do with your ego. With, because guilt, jealousy, frustration, impatience, anger, anxiety, stress, These are all survival-based emotions. These are all low-level emotional frequencies, okay? They are not divine, pure energy. You're more matter than wave when you experience these poor, uh, inhibiting emotions. And even though people have different emotional homes, which means some people need to get angry in order to perform at their best. Other people need to become fearful or anxious in order to perform uh, physically or mentally at their best in certain endeavours. And that and that's down to conditioning and personality traits and, and, and how they get themselves stimulated or aroused to perform at their best. I get that. I don't agree with it necessarily, but I get that. Um. And that's the challenge here. You need to identify what emotions dominate your lifestyle and what kind of whom you have that further's that feeling those feelings of guilt because many people oftentimes they make the mistake of thinking oh I'd be a lot more positive if it weren't for you or if I didn't live like this then I'd be a lot more happy yeah but they don't understand that they have created those associations and those perceptions with people things objects places and they don't understand it. Just if just because you remove that, doesn't mean you won't find that energy release, that emotional connection in other avenues, yeah? And that's why people make the same kind of mistakes in terms of their romantic relationship. They say, they say to themselves, why do I keep meeting the wrong type of person all the time? Well, it's because you're looking for the same emotional uh, patterns within those relationships. That's why you keep finding though yourself in those situations. Different face, different person, and so on and so forth, but the same kind of challenge. Um, not always. Don't get me wrong. But people look to further their what their unconscious is 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 geared toward. And if you if your unconscious is used to experiencing guilt in this instance, then you will find a way of experiencing guilt. Yeah, just like people who complain all the time. It's not the problem that they're talking about. It's It's the mechanism, it's their process, it's their perception that causes that problem. If you took away everything to complain about, well, they'll they'll look for something else to complain about. I don't like the weather then. Awful weather, what is this? (laughs) And this is how people work. So we need to change at a fundamental identity-based level, which you can do in many ways, experiencing novelty, experiencing new things, neurogenesis, which means being more intelligent, learning more, creating new neurons and new neural synaptical connections by learning more by experiencing new things um and essentially challenging yourself reflecting upon yourself meditation exercise these are all great ways to change yourself to change your energy on a daily basis and it's very important to view every each day like a mini life yeah if you knew that today was your last day of being alive you would you know a lot of pe- i know people use this kind of trite example and they say you know treat today like it's the last day of your life and by that I'm not saying go squander all your money because you think it's your last day I'm not saying go and do some crazy fun outrageous things um necessarily unless you want to Um, but what I am saying is experience positivity today be more loving today you don't have to have a crazy day (laughs) if you felt like today would have been the last day what I mean by that is treat today emotionally not physically by going on holidays because you think it's your last day alive and all that sort of stuff no treat today emotionally as if it were your last day hug your loved ones more be more positive connect with them look to give pass on wisdom rather than trying to belittle people to feel more superior yeah look to be more loving more supportive smile at people more take more time to laugh and be joyous Yeah, feel grateful. This is what I mean by changing your energy levels. Be more present. That's how you can change your subconscious. Presence is key because presence enables you to identify your behaviours. Why am I thinking this way? I'm really peaceful. Look at all these wonderful things I have around me. I'm so joyous and grateful. And yet, for some reason, negative energy and egoic patterns just find their way. They seep in insidiously And they take over my state of being you can you just need to catch yourself don't judge yourself don't try and change anything because that's when the ego tries to change the ego it's not about that just identify your patterns notice when you get more emotional when you think negative thoughts and just that will pass and it will be replaced by something far more loving energetic positive and so on so um i'll move on to our last question today Um, What is depression and how can you get out of depression? Okay, two questions there. So what is depression? Depression is, I like to see uh, depression as being inactive. So I perceive depression is inactivity. Depression, another synonym for depression to me is hopelessness and people feel hopeless when they feel like they cannot change their circumstance. And um, I have a lot of sympathy for those who experience depression, and depression is really experiencing sadness on a regular basis. I I see depression as more like a long-term emotion, whereas sadness can last for seconds, minutes, hours, or days, for example. But depression is more of a a long-term influence that can last for months, years, some decades. So the key thing here is to understand that depression is an, I call it an unconscious emotion. All right, let me explain what I mean. Well, I did already explain what I meant by that. But depression is more of an unconscious emotion in the sense that it takes over your overall experiences. Depression or happiness can linger in the background of experiences. So someone who's experiencing depression, they can still have a, a meaningful experience but it's like they could go to a sporting event where they filled with thousands of people around them, cheering, happiness, laughter, and they could be in, enthralled in that kind of environment, yet deep down in the back of the experience, the energy, the presence, the overriding presence is something more ominous and depressing. And that is depression. Depression, people carry, when people are depressed, they carry that depression over them like a dark cloud, okay? And, and that's the challenge that people face when they are depressed and it's it's tough for people to get out of the cycle of depression but the challenge, the one of the reasons why they struggle to change is because they're unconscious their body is so used to experiencing um so many toxic things, so many toxic thoughts leading to toxic feelings, leading to toxic behaviours, leading to toxic peptides being released throughout the body, leading to toxic proteins being created within their cells and their cells start to degrade. And then they used to, and they expect, and in a way, they choose depression because depression is something that they can control. And then they remind themselves each day of why I'm depressed. I'm depressed because my partner left me. I'm depressed because my business collapsed. I'm depressed because uh, COVID took over my life. I'm depressed because uh, I'm not able to do this or that or what have you, yeah? And they bring, and they remind themselves, they trigger themselves. And when you do that on a regular basis and you're in the same environments and you're triggering those negative states, now, it's, now you don't have to think of those memories anymore to trigger those states. Now it's just the environment that triggers the depression. Your physical environments can trigger you to think and feel in familiar ways. So that's why people struggle to escape depression because they're they're doing the same things in the same ways, in the same places. How are you going to change your energy if you keep living in that way? Because 95%, at least 95% of what our behaviours, our beliefs, our emotions are subconscious programmes, meaning we do them without even thinking. So people are depressed because they're not present, because they're not thinking about what they're thinking or feeling. And to change that, you need to self-reflect, to change that you need to rise above. You need to have that heart presence because the heart will always drive you forward in life. The brain can sometimes let us down, but it's the heart that keeps us moving forward. And by heart, I'm not just saying your part heart beating. I'm talking about that loving, compassionate, caring, empathetic, heartfelt, grateful energy that we all, all have within us, that divine, loving energy. Beautiful, godlike presence that we all have deep within us. Even though you know, sometimes the ego will uh, hide away our heart, uh, wisdom, and that's that's the only way to overcome depression. Having heart—that's what provides resilience, creativity, keeps us moving forward, even when we feel down or exhausted, and we don't want to move around anymore. We don't want to do work. We just ah, oh, forget it all. It's the heart that pulls us through. Okay. So what is needed when we are depressed is more kindness. That's why I say to people when they're going through difficult times, be more giving. Yeah, behave as though life is good. And what I mean by that is behave more abundantly, behave more positively. You know, if you had great health and great wealth and, and, and great positive loving relationships around you, how would you feel? You'd wave people, to wave to strangers across the street. Probably driving mad, but you'd smile at people more. You'd be more giving. You'd carry an elderly person's bags and you'd think in in those ways more, wouldn't you? Because you feel great. You're like, I can help. I can give. You're self actualized, yeah? You're not living in survival mode anymore. But when you're depressed, you see people across the road, you're like, I hate people. (laughs) You see people struggling with something. You're like, that's right. You struggle as well. I'm struggling too. Do you know what I mean? It's a different energy. You don't spot things like you would do when you were happy. Your, your focus changes, your attention changes. So if you're depressed, it's all, it's all about getting out of your comfort zone. That means exercising when you don't want to exercise. That means doing the things that you know you should do, but you don't want to do, like smiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what it's about, and that's how you get yourself out of depression. Yeah, and, and that's how you can get yourself out of depression. And not just that, by by doing new things, by stimulating brain-derived nootropic factor. So BDNF. When you stimulate BDNF, it stimulates neurogenesis. You become smarter. You cannot become smarter and stay depressed. It's very hard to do these things. If you're learning, if you're growing, if you're focused on progress in your life, you you there's no option. You you cannot feel depressed if you're moving forward in your life you just can't they can't happen simultaneously like feeling fearful and feeling grateful at the same time that can't happen you can't feel whole and loved and appreciative for some for things in your life yet at the same time be fearful and anxious and worried or concerned it doesn't work that way it's one or the other so that's why i'm telling you if you're focused on positivity if you're looking at positive if you're listening to positivity you will become positive it's just the way it is i don't care who you are what your genetic programming is you can change these things this epigenetics it's all down to the choices that you make and you need to take responsibility because we're all responsibility for our internal world we all need to take responsibility for that so yeah i was telling you about bdnf brain derived nootropic factor how can you stimulate uh brain derived nootropic factor well it has to be Um, You can do it through foods, so things like intermittent fasting, uh, ketosis, so having a foot on a ketogenic diet um, can really help with that. So that means uh, predominantly healthy fats, moderate amounts of protein, uh, very low to no carbs and sugars. Um, So intermittent fasting, keto, um, HIIT training, so high-intensity interval training, weightlifting. So in terms of exercise, that can also help. So eating earth-grown foods, natural produce foods grown from soil that is high in uh, minerals and so on and so forth that's how you can get the most nutrients from your tomatoes your cucumbers and so on and so forth um avoiding pollutants pesticides that can uh, ruin your brain health over time as well um yeah, stimulating BDNF, you can do that through new experiences, rich scenery. So, seeing the mountains, seeing the sea, being at the beach, you know, seeing open spaces, you know, looking at the Grand Canyon, you know, traveling to beautiful, amazing places around the world, experiencing different cultures. This it, it elevates your energy. You it stimulates brain-derived neurotrophic factor. You become smarter by doing so. It increases your energy levels. So these are just some of the things, you know, sleeping well can help to, to further uh, brain derived neurotrophic factors to increase and improve your energy levels. Um, what else can you do? So you exercise, um, re- learning, so reading can help with BDNF as well. Um, just so many, so many positive ways in which you can look after yourself and your brain functioning activities, have goals for you. If you have a goal for yourself and you're focused for the majority of your day on moving towards those goals, there's no room to be negative. There's no room to be bored. There's no room for depression to set in, is there? Because you're constantly doing new things. You're keeping mentally and physically active. And this is the key to life, guys. Focusing on what you want, moving there with passion, and you will make it happen. But we'll finish there. Um, Get in touch, guys. I'd love to hear from you. Follow me on Instagram at The Invisible Path. Ensure that you like this video. Hit the subscribe button and turn on the notification bell as well. Have a great day. Stay strong. I'll see you soon.